welcome. It is a great privilege for me, Hanan, to be able to speak so freely on my very own platform, Alhamdulillah. I come from old school. We never had stuff like this in the 70s, 80s, or 90s. So it's uh, really a new way of communicating. I like it. I actually prefer it. I was just sitting here thinking, trying to do some work. Seems just as you try to put your best foot forward and sit in front of the computer and make magic happen. That's when your mind is all over the place. The blinking black line on my fresh new document will not allow me to express the way I feel right now. So I figured I'd use my podcast. I am um, kind of disturbed about some things. It's kind of personal, but I choose to not be the type of person who hides everything that goes on in my life because I feel like when you try to keep secrets or, should I say, bones in your closet, skeleton bones in your closet, It seems like people pick at those. They like to tell things that they may or may not for sure know. So I just keep things real and I voice sincerely how I feel about things. I um, think it's really, really a miracle. Almost even kind of bizarre that My youngest son has been incarcerated for approximately 10 and a half, maybe 11 years. He did do something wrong. He was a shooter in a murder that unfortunately took the life of a child. It, to many people, it's irrelevant that it wasn't his bullet that did the deadly deed. But in the legal system, to me, it should make a difference. He and some friends were out driving around. And um, something happened that was so stupid, so minute, so petty that it disturbs me that my son even took part in it. But some guys, I guess, were walking down the street and they caught the eyes of my son and the passengers in the car. So it was said that one of the guys walking pulled up his shirt as if to show maybe he had a gun. You know, like basically, what's up? You know, on the streets, how that go? So instead of them just ignoring it, it's hot, it's summertime. 
four guys in a car. Everybody want to be badass. And I won't go into the, you know, main details, but I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the main things that happened, the, you know, the key, but I won't go into the minor details right now. But, um, instead of them just letting it go, they end up shooting at these guys. And, you know, it's so careless because I raised my kids better than that, you know, through all the addiction, the partying and fun Cato. I did manage to teach my children. That was a very important thing to me was for my kids to know life, criminal activity, accessories to things, learning, standing up for themselves. Seeing themselves as strength, regardless of what other people may say about them, you know. So, I basically, I'm saying I did what I knew how to do, and I did the best that I could do to teach them the way of life as far as the streets, school, and themselves. So, they end up shooting at the guys. And in the crossfire, or I shouldn't say crossfire, but in the shooting, a beautiful young girl ended up being hit. She was 13. And um, when everything hit the fan, and we found out through court, trial, forensics, you know, all the details that they go into, what happened it was two shooters, and my son happened to be one of them. And uh, it wasn't his bullet that ended that beautiful young girl's life. It wasn't his. However, he is at fault, too. Period. I, I will never deny that. And he did deserve time. But in the legal system, the judicial system, should I say, they tend to... Um, punish our young men harshly, more harshly than they do adult men. I have seen, well, I didn't pay attention at first, but once my son got locked up, I paid a lot of attention to more criminal shows, legal books, law books, cases of men or persons who got less time for premeditated murder. They gave my son 30 to 40 years. And the district attorney really pushed for him to get time just like he was the actual, you know, killer. The young man whose bullet it was, he got 40 to 60. So, um... My son got the 30 to 40 for shooting, uh, for being a part of something so ignorant that I can't, I can't even begin to tell you, like, him being my son does not take away from the most horrible thing that could ever happen to the family who it happened to. Um, some of the family members, uh, approximately two of them, 
I am just in love with this people. They are some of the most beautiful family oriented people I have ever seen in my life. And um, I love them with all my heart. I met them after all this happened. And just the fact that they love me too says so much because they, to me, have a right to feel some kind of way towards me. They have a right to even just despise me if they want it, you know, but they don't. And I am very thankful for that, alhamdulillah, for that. However, the district attorney really pressed that even though it wasn't my son's bullet, they never found any of his bullets to be exact. They wanted him prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. They wanted him to be locked up for natural life. However, the jurors seen that he had remorse and that he didn't mean to do it. So they gave him second degree murder. And the judge who slept the entire trial, may I say, her name was Judge Fullerton, older white lady. I am not prejudiced at all. However, I believe that she does have a problem with black males. She slept the entire trial, and the day of sentencing, sentencing, she gave my son 30 to 40. I don't even think she heard half of the trial. So uh, this is his uh, 10 and a half, maybe 11th year. He has really pushed through this time. He has survived being stabbed seven times. He was stabbed seven times, and one of the blades broke off in his head. This was some years ago, maybe about five. He survived. He was locked away in the hole, as they call it. Solitary confinement, I think is the accurate word. But um, he was locked away for nine months alone in the hole for nine whole months. And when he came out, of course, he was different. He probably suffers from PTSD, and Allah only knows what else he may suffer from. So he made it through those years. And now we come up on the 11th year, and it's really starting to affect him. He's never dated. He's never had a car. He never went to prom. He didn't go to regular school because he was locked up at 16 due to this horrendous act and his part in the act only took six seconds six seconds of his life cost him dearly so I think about him all the time I sometimes feel like I may be a lot at fault for some of the things that happened to him. He made his own decision. But as a parent who was crack addicted, or should I say cross addicted, and kind of got caught up in the drug world when my kids were just about to become teenagers, um, I think that did a lot of damage to him. And even though he made his own choices, I do feel like I contributed to that by not just being there when he need, needed me as 
a son needs his mother growing up and learning things and but I do say that even in my addiction, through my addiction and after my addiction and definitely before my addiction, I always taught my children better than that. So I guess um, I say that to say that I miss my son a lot. I think about how that family must feel though and I can't even imagine their feelings you know for their loss but you know I want to say that every person that's locked up is not a bad person people make terrible mistakes decisions in the heat of the moment um they make terrible decisions when they're younger. What you may have thought was okay to do at 16, you wouldn't dare do at 20 or 25 or 30. And so a lot of us are very lucky. I think that second chances are very important in life because me, myself, as an addict, I have had second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth chances, possibly more. I give all praises to Allah because every time I had a relapse, whether it was with drugs or abusive men and toxic relationships, every time I fell back into those holes, when I finally got tired and I went to him, he always saved me. He released me from those chains of horror, sadness, depression. Being downright degraded by the same person you make love to every night. The same person who tells you how much they love you. And then when they get mad, they say horrible things. God took me out of those situations. He took me off the streets. A lot of people say, well, I don't feel sorry for addicts. They chose to smoke that pipe or they chose to drink that alcohol or they chose to do this he chose to shoot he chose to do that but think about the times that you've had a second chance in your life maybe it's a deep dark secret that you don't want anybody to know but think about it think about where you've came from come from look back and Sometimes we just have to say, thank you, God, for delivering me from this or that. Even though sometimes we may fall back in, he delivers us, he rescues us, he's never far from us. So, before you pass judgment on anybody, you have to look at your own life. And some may say, well... Shooting at someone and addiction may be two different things. To me, I think wrong is wrong. Sin is sin. I don't look in my Quran and see a level of what is wrong uh, by a point system. I see disbelievers and believers. I see people that are human. 
people that err. We are not perfect. So have compassion for a person, for a human being, because none of us are perfect. I miss my son a lot. He is really battling some mental demons, amongst other things. And this podcast really is about the fact that he has been a Muslim for over 10 years. And he's been trying to get me and his sisters and trying to get us to convert. And all of us kind of laughed and we ain't wearing that stuff on our head. <laughs> uh-uh, we love pork too much and, you know, just teasing him. But three months ago, I um just maybe about four months ago, maybe five, I just got really intrigued with the things that he was teaching me about Islam and Allah and the Salahs. I love the Salahs. Um, something just captivated me and it took me over. And before I knew it, I had taken my Shahada. I had changed my name from Carolyn K. Huddleston, nicknamed Cato, to Hanan Imani Ali. And um, I began to study my Quran. I began to study the um, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and all the other prophets, peace be upon them. I began to study Arabic, and I just fell all in, like... Basically, I just let it take my life over and I am so happy. I am I have issues, you know, with my son being locked up. I have other adult children who have things going on. I have financial issues. I have business problems. I have issues with my mother whom I don't speak to. Name it. I got issues. Several mental disorders that I was just diagnosed with. I take medicine. Name it. I got a lot going on. I am in recovery. I have been clean for a little over two years. I have to work to stay clean. My record is crazy. You know what I mean? For just, you know, everything that's going on. Like, the list goes on. But the fact that... I am now a Muslim and a devoted follower of Allah. Something just frees me, even in the darkness of all these problems, past trauma, and just things going on in my life. Just being a part of this beautiful religion has changed my life a lot. And I guess what I want to say is, my son brought me to Islam, and now he's weak. He's falling every day mentally, and it's so serious to the point that if something doesn't happen soon, I believe my son will not last another year in that prison. Um... I do my salahs and I make dua for my son, which is a prayer at the end of my salahs. And I specifically, specifically ask for things for my children, 
which are really Allah's children. I pray a special prayer for them all. But my son that is incarcerated behind those walls every day, not allowed to hug his mother or look into the eyes of his mother when he has a problem, I am equipped somewhat with the tools to pass the same knowledge that he gave me back to him. That is a miracle in itself. Three months ago, I made Shahada and I became a Muslim. And now I am helping my son with his faith. I think it's funny how Allah works. I don't say the universe. I don't say karma. I don't say any of those things because this is the work of Allah. And I hope that my words to him will uplift him enough to at least get him to a place where he can make it another hour, another day, another month until somehow we can get him out of this prison or get his time lowered. He still has um, 19 years to go. And for a person who didn't commit murder, that is an extreme amount of time, 30 to 40 years. And, you know, we all know that the judicial system is not blind. They say justice is blind. No, she's not. She peeks under that little scarf around her eyes and she chooses who she wants by race. And they enforce these horrible laws on our black children much more than they do on other races. And this is not something that I'm thinking or, you know, a way that I feel. This is facts. If you go look it up, go to Google, look it up, you'll see. When my son was in GVRC, which is juvenile for young children. He went to juvenile before he went to jail or prison because he was so young. But when he went, I would visit him two times a week, maybe three. But every time I went into those doors of GVRC, all these young boys were there. They would get out, they would come back in, they would get out, they would come back in, they would get out, they would come back in. It was like a revolving door. And Another thing I noticed was they'd go to court and next thing you know, they got natural life. Like it was like, um, I seen this. They were handing out life like it was nothing. That's because they don't want to spend the money to rehabilitate them. So they kick them in a cell, they lock them away and they throw away the key. And then for the ones who do get out, they have had no rehabilitation in those prisons. They're in there. They have to fight for their lives. They have to always look over their shoulders. They're being raped. They're being abused. They're being beat up by the depths and the other inmates. It's like an animalistic place. And then you think you're going to bring somebody out and they're going to be able to 
just jump right back into society, go get a job and live regular. No, the mind won't even allow that. Now, there may be some people who have. I will not argue that. But there is no way to tell me that you can lock a person up. You wouldn't even lock an animal up that way. And you think that they can come out and be okay. None of us knows the extreme of what's going on in those prisons. We don't know the um, things that are happening. You know, we hear a little bit here. We watch the movies and maybe we got friends who've been locked up. But you better believe it's way more going on in those prisons than we know. And to me, no one deserves to be treated like an animal. So I just pray to Allah. I pray five times a day. I am committed to doing my salahs and making dua every time I can because I believe that only Allah has the power to make these situations better. No one should be locked away with the key thrown away. Rehabilitate. Teach. Show them humanity. Show them that life doesn't have to be what they did 20 years ago. Now, don't get me wrong. I do know that there are some people who do need to be locked away and kept away from everybody. But I still push for mental health, actual rehabilitation. I have been in, um, I'm going to say this and I'm going to wrap up. But I personally have been institutionalized when I went into rehab. I got so bad on on crack that I wasn't paying the rent. It was just a mess. I was just doing all kind of stuff. So I checked myself into rehab. And I was there for about three or four months. And when I came out, I think I was crazier than when I went in. Because I had become institutionalized. Everything we did was a certain way. It was a lot of negativity around. And in some instances, I feel like they concentrated more on calling us out of our names or making us work like dogs or, you know, treating us as if we weren't human instead of teaching us, guiding us. Giving us the tools to not only get clean, but stay clean. Mental health, making sure your body is right. You can't just lock a person away and let them go. What about their mind? What if they have mental disorders? What if they need medicine? What if they're disabled? You know, and a disability doesn't have to be something we can see. It could be something that's within a person that chemically throws them off. What if they were born from a crack addicted or heroin addicted mother? They're born into this world without a, ch a choice. They're drug addicts at birth. And you wonder what's wrong through childhood teenage years and adulthood they've been addicts their whole lives so I just say that instead of locking our young black men away and throwing away the key that we need to invest in a better way to rehabilitate 
and treat them like humans. <laughs> so, that's just my thoughts. You're more than welcome to um, post your thoughts. Let me know what you think. If you have the same situation, let me know. I'm really open to hearing, you know, others' thoughts on my views. I would love to hear your views as well. Um, I thank you for listening. I went way longer than I planned, but I just think this is really crucial to a lot of people. It needs to be said. And uh, I want to be the one to say it. <laughs> and I guess I am. I uh, thank you for listening. I also would like to uh, let anybody who likes to read know that um, I have books available. I have self-help books. I have workbooks. I have workbook journals. I basically um, provide a service to help others to love learn to excuse me learn to love themselves as well as others um forgive themselves like the process of forgiveness is a deep one it's much deeper than just saying well I forgive and moving on it's a process so I write books that uplift and improve uh the quality of life for others Kind of confusing, though, because I changed my name. So, I have uh, several different types of books. I have uh, books on Amazon and Kindle under the name Carolyn Cato Huddleston. And that is about 15 to 20 books. They're all free on Kindle Unlimited. If you need help learning how to make money at home, I have books about that. I have books about how to leave a loveless relationship. I have books about domestic violence, and they're all really small books. They aren't probably even 54 pages, but they're straight to the point. They are very helpful, so look it up on Amazon and Kindle, Kindle Unlimited as well. And check them out because they're 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 very helpful. Um, you can also look me up on Kindle, Amazon, and Kindle Unlimited for Hanan Imani Ali. Now on this page, um, I have mostly workbooks, work journals, and um, I push writing because I know a lot of people don't like to write. But it's so freeing. And if you have like a lot of things going on, maybe you don't have anybody to talk to, you can always go to your book. And especially those workbook journals because they have questions in them that you can answer that will put you in another light as far as your direction, where you're going in life. Um it has charts in them. It, it's got all kind of stuff. Expressions of a queen. Uh, move over adversity. The queen is back. That's another workbook I have out. Check me out. Um, Hanan Imani Ali or and Carolyn Cato Huddleston. I have tons of books. So look me up. And also sometimes when you get a chance, visit my um 
Facebook page, Hanan's Novelty Shop. I also have a website called HanansNovelteyShop.com where you can place orders. You can contact me at any time. I'm always available and open to suggestions. And if you see a product and maybe you want something different, let me know. Maybe I can add it to the inventory. I'm all about making my clients happy and doing anything that I can to uplift and help people to know that you aren't trash. God makes no trash. You have the ability to come back. As long as you're breathing, you have a second chance to make things different for your life. So, with that being said, I am going to get out of here. I thank you all for listening so much and have a wonderful night, day, whatever time it is in your location. And hopefully we'll be talking again soon. Have a great night.